Jeff Jarrett, Joe Siddle, DJ Laramie, and Holy Mackinac, you're listening to Wind City Sports. Yo, what's good? My name is Jake Jamar, and thank you for streaming or downloading this episode of the Wind City Sports Podcast. Wind City Sports is Windsor's only local sports radio program and podcast, live on CGM 99.1 FM in Windsor and Detroit every Thursday at 12.30 p.m. For Wind City Sports Radio, you can hear every episode of the Wind City Sports Podcast, wherever you're listening to it now, but of course on iTunes, Spotify, wherever podcasts are found, on windcitysports.com, and on the brand new Border City Podcast Network. We also have a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube account, talk all about that at the end of the show as we normally do but today is may 9th 2019 and it's episode 144 of win city sports this week on win city sports we're bringing you another double shot of interview of interviews this time it's a pretty cool dynamic we have an athlete and a coach two different completely separate interviews and two different aspects coming from people in the same field though we're talking to people in the running field uh, running community here in windsor the track and field community obviously you might know this guy from the university of windsor or from the beer mile the world record holder from right here in windsor ontario Corey belmore talk all about his uh, running career obviously the beer mile some stuff he's been able to do uh, traveling around the world through track and if or not which uh, spoiler alert he does have his eyes set on the 2020 olympics in tokyo so that's a cool one with uh cory that i did over a month ago now so happy to finally be able to put it out and i wanted to double him up with another one in kurt michael downs a long time university coach also has a track background himself of course i uh, didn't know much about his athletic background that's why i just kind of wanted to learn right from him talked to him just this past sa- uh, sunday on the phone and so we talked to him about his track career and getting into coaching, how he kind of took over the Border City Athletics Club. And of course, um, to touch upon the recent events, he uh, shares his thoughts uh, and gives some kind words to the family of Mr. Gary Malloy, who is a big part of the uh, track community in Windsor, who Kurt learned a lot from. And I'm sure Corey did as well with uh, him being a Lancer. Um, obviously, we talked to Corey last month and uh, Kurt just the other day. We were actually planning to do it before the passing of Gary, but I just wanted to bring it up. And I want to give my condolences too. I never knew the guy, but uh, obviously having an influence in Windsor sports is something that we, it's pretty much the whole <laughs> uh, idea of Wind City sports. So we have to give him the recognitions that he obviously deserves. He's been a big part in developing a lot of athletes and, and um, programs and clubs in Windsor. As you'll hear from Kurt, you'll hear Kurt talk a lot about Mr. Malloy. But we're going to get into those interviews right now. Uh, Later on in the show, we're going to hear the Combat Corner with Cedric Ben. We're going to talk about Hunter Lee's main event bout last weekend and Kyle Prepperlick's fight from last weekend in the UFC. And then we have a tiny bit of local sports news and upcoming events for uh, this weekend and the near future. So without further ado, let's jump into our first interview for this episode of Wind City Sports with local track and field star, Corey Belmont. Here we go. On right now, a University of Windsor alumni. 2020 Olympic hopeful, I'm assuming we'll get into that. And the Beer Mile world record holder, Corey Belmore. Welcome to Wind City Sports, man. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, man. Sure, dude. Um, I believe I've seen something uh, on Instagram today of you tr- doing something in Michigan. Were you? Uh, that was me, yeah. So, uh, last weekend, there's a guy who's doing his PhD in Michigan, and he's doing a study on biomechanics. Oh, so cool. part of his sample was uh, sub four milers. So he was studying like all the form, the running economy, all that stuff, like sub four milers. So he brought me in for like I think it took two hours or so to to, to complete and put a mask on me just checked exactly like what I was burning at certain uh, paces. So whether it was fat, carbs, whatever else, light food and storages. Um, and then he like did video analysis and stuff like that of my form at certain paces. So it, it's pretty valuable information and. Yeah, excited to see the exact feedback. Yeah, sure. That's pretty cool. You into that kind of stuff, or did he just kind of invite you out and you're like, yeah, sure? Uh, he, yeah, I've never really done stuff like that before, but okay. he contacted me and, like, uh, obviously I like contributing stuff like that. In the name of science, I do stuff that can be beneficial for the person doing it, and then also the information I would get from it would be just as beneficial. Yeah, for sure. I just seen that and was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I'm, hey, I'm talking to that guy today. Might as well ask him about it. <laughs> yeah, it looked like a wannabe Bane. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's pretty cool. I've seen one of those in Toronto, actually. But I remember years and years ago, I went on a little tour. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, something like that. It was insane. That yeah, they're not. The one they had was, like, six-figure, like, 100,000-plus. And I think it had, like, I want to say, like, 100,000 sensors on it. So it, was, it could check exactly how your foot was landing, where the pressure was. It was pretty intense and pretty insane. Yeah, man, the technology nowadays is insane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, I'm sure you're seeing a lot of it too. So let's get into into you, man. Uh, first off, um, growing up in Windsor, um, you know, what school did you go to? What area are you from? Uh, just kind of tell me about growing up in Windsor. Uh, so I grew up in Riverside area. Uh, moved around quite a bit for grade school. So I went to Princess Anne for a couple of years. I moved to Tecumseh. Went to school called St. Gregory's for a year. Uh, and then after that, I went to uh, Dean Eagle for three years. And that's where I started, like, really enjoying running. Uh, there was a lot of team atmosphere in that grade school. Uh, it wasn't too, too serious, but, like, uh, some success at that age. And then I went to A.B. Graham, where the running team was pretty successful as well. Yeah, true. Uh, had some good coaches. And then high school, I went to Riverside, actually. So went back to my roots there. Um met up with some people that I hadn't seen since JKSK grade one. So it was pretty cool, like, building so many friends in Tecumseh and then going back to Riverside and seeing so many old friends. Um, but, yeah, that's where I, I started enjoying running. I joined Winter the Shaka Field Club and really, like, learned to, to love the sport and, like, enjoy it for what it was. Um, so, yeah, I, as much as I took it seriously, I also – enjoyed the friendships I made, I enjoyed traveling, I think that's what keeps me in the sport now. Oh, for sure, man, that's cool, I mean, Windsor could be a big city, it could be a small city, it all depends on the person, yeah, I guess, but uh, I'm sure you, you had to have played other sports too, but uh, I'm, it seems like you got into like running as a passion uh, at an early age also. Yeah, like my parents, uh, I mean, I played a lot of neighborhood sports growing up, but they never actually put me in anything like organized, like soccer, hockey, anything oh, like wow. that. So uh, it, was, it was about grade seven. I really loved basketball growing up, and I finally joined a travel team in grade seven. And that's actually the same time that I started and joined a track club. So it was basically like battling, battling those two sports together. And then when it came time to high school, it was like sort of what do you want to get more serious about? What do you want to pursue? And then, yeah, running was my ultimate choice. That's cool, man. That's actually what I was going to ask next was, like, when did track kind of start to take over? And, like, in high school, were you doing uh, different uh, competitions and stuff, too, mostly, like, just running? Um, so I would run for the high school team through cross-country. And then in the winter, I actually did swimming. So I didn't run at all during the winter. It's just strict, strictly swimming training. But at Riverside High School, we actually had a pretty successful swim team. So. Yeah. We trained basically like a, a club team. I think it was like 14 to 16 hours a week. We did land practice, we did leads, we did double day swimming. So it was pretty intense, but I didn't have to like, uh, I guess, stress my body out year round. It was sort of giving my body a break, like getting it stronger in other ways. Uh, and then I would do track for the um, sort of spring and early summer. And then summers basically I just took off, enjoyed, and sort of refresh my mind and that's what kept me successful for high school and then when it came time to do it year round I wasn't still burnt out I was, I was ready to go and still built such a good base throughout the years of high school that um, I was excited to do it year round yeah man they they have a strong system there that's uh, they kind of go hand in hand although they're kind of completely different you know mm -hmm. no no definitely they're both really uh I don't know, they're both intense endurance sports. So, uh, they definitely benefit each other in, turn, in terms of like VO2 max, aerobic capacity, all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. So um, you might have to kind of refresh my memory here. I was doing the research here. I could have sworn you were at the Olympics in 2016. Uh, I guess you, you weren't there, or is that just my memory? No, no, no. No, I wasn't there. I, I definitely wow. would like to be there, but no, I, I'm I swear not I'm dreaming. Um, well, what's the road like to 2020? I know you have your eyes set on it, so I'm sure um, doing training, obviously. But you were just in Ireland. Are you doing competitions as well? Like, uh, what's the road to yeah, so the just, Olympics like? Just the last couple of years, just trying to get in as many like international competitions as I can. 
because um, if you race against those guys, you sort of see what it takes. You uh, gives you more motiv- motivation for training, and then I think building your your repertoire in those international fields it also gets your name out there, so it's easier to get into the bigger meets in the future. But as far as going to 2020, uh, just continue to train hard, get into those big meets that are going to produce those fast times, and then just being ready for any competition that's going to come up. Yeah, I mean, having that international exposure is pretty much how you get there, right? So it's a combination, Absolutely. basically, of, of competing and training. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to be ready ready to race anyone. Yeah. There's so many different racers in the world. and I mean, times only say so much. Like Some guys like to lead from the front. Some guys like to stick really hard. So it's just learning to race different guys, um, learn different tactics, and then be the most well-rounded runner you can be. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to be sharp, right? So I'm looking here. Um, I'm looking at basically all the the events that you've done. Uh, track has given you the ability to travel and kind of go all over the world. Like I said, so what kind of places have you been and experienced? Like I said, you're just out in uh, in Ireland. Uh, that's pretty much like all my traveling has come from <laughs> running in some some aspect or another, at least sport in some aspect or another. Uh, I think my first trip I ever did was Greece in 2009. It was a event called the International Children's Games. It was basically like a, a fun event that like different countries would go to to sort of celebrate sport and camaraderie and sportsmanship and all that stuff. But it was still highly competitive. Uh, so that was my first big trip. Went to Trinidad after that on Team Canada. Um, so that was amazing. That was my first real taste of international competition um, and then from there I went to Colombia I went to um, Costa Rica Jeez. went to Ireland went <laughs> to Belgium a bunch of times um, and to Taiwan so the list honestly just goes on and on but it's been incredible traveling meeting different people experiencing different cultures and then ultimately just racing so many good athletes so just excited for where running is going to take me in the future, and I just want to keep improving to travel more and meet more people and just celebrate kind of being a track and field athlete, I guess, while I can. Oh, absolutely, man. That's awesome. Does anywhere, like, really stand out to you? Or was it, like, do you have any favorite places, or was it just so much to take uh, <laughs> My My first trip is definitely to Greece. That was a, a amazing trip. Definitely love to go back. I was, I'm trying to think, I was, like, 13 years old or something. So. Oh, wow didn't get to experience it as much as I wanted to. I was only there five days, but the amount of Greece I saw was beautiful, and the islands are incredible. So we'd love to go back there. Um, and then most recently, I, I went to Taiwan, and most people wouldn't think vacationing there would be, like, super exciting or lots to see, but there's so much variety. There was markets, mountains, there was beaches. Uh, it was such a good variety, and the people were the most welcoming people I've ever met so would definitely love to go back there absolutely man that's awesome uh, there's so much to see out there but I'm I'm sure it's uh it's fun and refreshing to come home still too you, you still live in the Windsor area right I do yeah so yeah. every time I come home I appreciate Windsor for what it is and mm-hmm. what it isn't so I mean I love traveling I love seeing different things that Windsor doesn't have but at the end of the day like this is home to me I, I love being from Windsor and like I love everything we do have it's just, I do wish people more like went out more and actually experienced things that we do have, appreciated the things that we do have. Well, we got to have everything, dude. Everything that there is to mm-hmm. offer, like, name it. People, I agree with you. People just have, uh, aren't taking advantage of, of everything. Yeah, and, and if there's something that people like think we don't have or something that, that they want us to have, I think those are the type of people that need to go and actually, like, make something happen, like, they need to implement whatever their idea is of being a good city into our city, and that could help everything grow, I think. Absolutely. That's how we have half of the stuff we have now, all these leagues and mm-hmm. uh, organizations, events, everything. Um, Absolutely, yeah. But uh, actually, speaking of events, we have to talk a little bit about the Beer Mile. Uh, <laughs> did uh, hear you and Andy Sullivan on the street out of Windsor definitely explain the whole thing, but... I have some different questions, sort of. I noticed you said Flying Monkey is, I think it's a sponsor of yours. Um, 
but I think you said that's the the beer of choice when you, is that when you do the beer mile or yep yeah you drink that while you're doing the beer mile I, I don't I'm not too uh, do, not too yeah. big on it I uh, the first time I did it like and broke the record I used a beer called Kingfisher and then the second time I did it and ran it was faster I used Kingfisher as well but from there that's when I got the sponsorship with Flying Monkeys and then I think a year later I broke the record again so I've only used the Kingfisher or sorry I've only used Flying Monkey a handful of times but they're my, they're my sponsor and they're my beer of choice now uh, but I, it's not who I started with so like in the actual beer mile do you get to choose, or is it your sponsored beers, or do they supply it? Um, so it's, it's actually all regulated, so it's like, it has to be 5% beer, 255 milliliters, can't be a cider or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then the body you're drinking from, just it can't be like a wide neck or anything like letting you get the liquid out of the bottle faster. So as long as it fits in those standards, you can sort of use whatever kind of beer you want. Mm-hmm. So it has to fit all the rules and, and whatnot. Yeah, so I use like Flying Monkeys, Amber Ale, it fits within the, the regulations, and then I find it the most light beer out of their beers, because usually their beers are pretty hoppy. Yeah, I'd say it's good, because obviously everyone has a different choice, right, but exactly, it'd, yeah. be, it'd make it be tough otherwise, actually. <laughs> so at home, are you like if you're chilling at home, do you get a case of Flying Monkey, or do you change it up sometime? Uh, I, I usually get Flying Monkeys, just because, I mean, it's, it's free beer, it's good beer, um, <laughs> My, my friends like it, so it all works out. And you're just strictly beer, or do you like to mix in some cocktails, too? Um, if I go for a cocktail, it'll be a rye and ginger, so... It's the basics, me too. too. Me too, dude. <laughs> I'm not into all these fancy things. <laughs> but uh, where are some places you like to go to, uh, around the city? Obviously, uh, not a cocktail place, but uh, if you're just going to go for a beer, any, any uh, place in particular? Really like Rock Bottoms, actually. Yeah. Uh, that's been a staple, like, just being at the university pretty close by I've had a few friends work there and also like going to like Johnny Shots which is by my house that's like a definite water watering hole in Tecumseh yeah for sure definitely uh, yeah but I mean honestly I like going to new places all the time in, in Windsor and Tecumseh so and bourbon's always good there's, there's a ton of different yep, places true. honestly yeah, Windsor's got a good scene of bars too. You know, just to talk up Windsor a little more about everything that we have, we have. I mean, definitely Absolutely. have a good bar scene, and uh, there's a little bit for everyone. You know, like you said, like the Cumsy's a good is a good spot too. I like going out to Johnny Shots or even Forest Glade, Parks and Rec stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's uh, yeah, so it's, it's like, good. It's a good mix. I mean, even like Riverside area to the Cumsy to Windsor, it's like they're all so different, even though they're basically all considered like Windsor Essex County. Oh yeah, there's a lot to offer around here, dude. So, obviously, as we talked about before, you have your eyes set on uh, Tokyo uh, 2020 Olympics, and, and you've touched upon it before then, but just to kind of wrap it up, uh, leading up to the event, what are you doing, um, and what do you have coming up? Do you have some events coming up, or, or anything planned? Uh, so, right now, we're just like doing a lot of long miles, basically strength training right now, just to get ready for the season. So, if you put these long miles in now, the long tempos, all that stuff, you know, sort of, sort of translate to later in the summer. It'll make you last a bit longer. And uh, so, I have a 5K road race. I work at a running factory actually uh, in Windsor. So every year they put on a, a road race in the spring called Spring Thaw. So I'll do that one this Sunday on April 7. And um, sort of a fun one, just to get the feet wet a little bit, see where training's at. And then from there, on May 2nd, I'll be in San Francisco for a meet at Stanford. And then I'm trying to think. I think it's May 18th, I'll be back in Windsor with a meet called Johnny Loring, which is pretty competitive. Uh, and then from there, I'll go to Nashville, Tennessee, uh, June 1st. So I basically just have that first month figured out, and then from there, a lot of things can happen pretty quickly. You can get into meets, different places. So I sort of leave that, that next little while open-ended and figure out where to go from there. Yeah, man, you're keeping busy even uh, with a job, and then yet alone all you have jam-packed in there before now in June. That's awesome, man. So, uh, yeah, obviously... Yeah, he's busy. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, dude. Uh, obviously, uh, the whole city supports you, and I appreciate you taking the time to do this, bro. No, thanks a lot. I appreciate it, too. That interview was brought to you by SeatGiant.ca. SeatGiant.ca is Canada's premier site for buying tickets from a third party. Sold out on Ticketmaster. Can't buy them from anyone on Kijiji or anything like that. The best bet you want to do here in Windsor is go to seatgiant.ca.
just like all the other third-party uh, ticket site sales like Snobhub, C-Joint connects buyers with sellers. They have tickets for every event from here in Windsor and across the border and beyond in Toronto, including concerts, events, games, shows, and much, much more. If you're looking for Tigers tickets, that's your best bet. Go right on there. You can find some cheap tickets. During the season, when the Spitz and the Express are playing here in Windsor, they even have local events. And the best part is, it's all in Canadian dollars. The price doesn't inflate once you get to the checkout with the exchange from U.S. to Canadian. Paying almost double nowadays for stuff over in the States. Uh, and also, the best part actually didn't get to it quite yet. You can use code WINCITY now to get 5% off your order. That's WINCITY, all one word, W-I-N-C-I-T-Y, for 5% off SeatGiant.ca. But now we're going to get into our second interview for this week. On WinCity Sports, we're going to be talking to a track and field coach, the head coach of a Border City Athletics Club, and a former track athlete himself, Kurt Michael Downs. All right, so right now on the phone, we have the head coach of the Border City Athletic Club, former University of Windsor hurdles coach. Also, he's coached coaches and probably coaches with many uh, standout athletes in Windsor and Olympians like Brandon McBride. Kelsey Bockwell and much more all past guests of the show too. Kurt Michael Downs, welcome to Win City Sports. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. So like I said, I want to get to know you a little bit. Um, are you from Windsor? Did you grow up here? Or if not, where are you from? Uh, no, no. Uh, actually, I was born in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, came to Canada when I was about three uh, and uh, grew up in Scarborough, uh, Toronto. Um, went to high school down there, a uh, big sports school. Uh produced uh some uh pretty cool athletes um uh mike labinjo played in the cfl and the nfl and um a ton of uh hockey players uh red kelly actually was one of them who just passed away there um and uh in track and field world um most predominantly most lately uh justin knight uh from syracuse and now running for reebok so um yeah and then after that i came to windsor (laughs) that's pretty cool pretty cool background how did you end up in windsor um, I had uh, some scholarship offers that weren't great, and they fell through. Um, and I had a high school coach, Emil John, and um, he had mentioned that I think about uh, going to the University of Windsor. There's this coach there, Dennis Farrell. Um, you know, they've done really well, and um, you know, you might want to think about uh, continuing running there. They race often in the states, and they have a pretty awesome uh, competition schedule. You know, you might want to think about doing that. So. You know, basically, I was like, oh, okay, you know, thought about it for a little while. And then um, late in that summer, I, uh, you know, ran out of options. And I had uh, gone to Ryerson for half a year and was pseudo training. And uh, um, I reached out to Dennis. And then uh, Dennis called back right away and um, was like, listen, uh, we want you. We want you to come down. Um, you know, we, we have a spot here for you. You think, you know, you can um, help us out. And uh, sort of the rest is history. So that was to come down as a coaching role, or no? That was actually to come down here as an um, an athlete role. Um, and uh, I, I was down here as an athlete. I was here for a few for uh, five years as a um, as an athlete. I ran the sixty, the three hundred. Um, it wasn't that great, and uh, ended up moving over long jumps, long jump, and um, ended up being a little bit more successful in the in, in the jumps and. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I ended up here at Windsor. That's cool. I'm sure you had, a, a obviously, a track background before coming here. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And did you play any other sports also? or? Yeah. Um, so kind of as a high school kid, I, uh, I played uh, basketball. Um, obviously, I ran track and field. I played a little bit of baseball um, and uh, soccer as a, a younger kid, um, a youth. And, um, you know, track and field kind of stuck uh, a little bit more. Um, I was frustrated with team sports because I felt like uh, I, I wanted to win a lot more than uh, some of the other kids did. Um, so I kind of steered towards um, the, the individual sport in, in, uh, in track and field. Um, and it wasn't until I got to high school that I really realized that, you know, um, track and field was pretty much a, uh, you know, although being an individual sport was a team sport, um, and, uh, at St. Mike's at my, uh, uh, high school, we, you know, it was a pretty awesome team. We won, uh, number of, uh, um, 
you know, championships and city championships and also championships and that sort of stuff. Um, really a storied program there. And uh, then I came to Windsor and it was pretty much the same, same thing, um, you know, with Dennis and, and, uh, and, and some of the other amazing coaches we had here. That was a perfect fit. Cool. It was, absolutely. Absolutely. It was. So, no, um, yeah, I, I definitely played a bunch of sports, but I kind of just gravitated towards track and field. Mm-hmm. So. Was there ever like a moment of realization where it's like, actually, I'm good at this. Maybe I should uh, pursue it a little further. Or like you said, just in high school, just the competition started to take over rather than other sports. There was a time maybe in grade, um, maybe it was grade 12 or 13, um, you know, OACs. We had, uh, um, I think I was, I ended up running the 200 or something like that somewhere and you know I ended up running a decent time and I was like wow I really I mean I trained a lot but I didn't do that much I, I'm really not lifting weights I'm not um you know I think I was 6'2 and 145 pounds maybe um I really wasn't that big of a kid um and I was like ah oh, you know maybe I could you know I might, I might be decent at this not great but I might be decent maybe I really should stick this stick with this track thing um and then I had another moment maybe when I was in third or fourth university when I started playing around with the jumps and uh, ended up jumping something decent. Um, and I was like, well, maybe, you know, I could do this, this track thing, you know, a, l- a little bit more than, than I thought I could. Um, so I think probably those two moments were probably two of the moments that uh, um, kind of kept me in the sport, um, you know, a little bit longer. That's cool. Athlete anyway. Yeah, I always find the, the track backgrounds are a little... Uh, interesting because obviously you know talking to like hockey players baseball players they watch it on tv or you know their their parents got them into it but track and field athletes are, are very unique of how they've actually decided to pursue it you know yeah yeah i mean um the athletes i think that are really good you know i mean like uh brandon kelsey those types of athletes Corey belmore's you know jamie jetsy nelson's melissa bishops all those kinds of athletes i think their story is a little different because you know i'm sure they could have been a lead or really good at you know a number of things exactly. where you know they could have yeah they could have been basketball players mm-hmm. or football or you know hockey if they wanted to i'm sure and um you know, something sort of sparked them or, or, or a person sparked them and they ended up, uh, you know, um, their path changed and they ended up in, 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 you know, in track and field as opposed to whatever else, mm-hmm. um, you know, at that time. Yeah, I like those stories. Brandon's was my favorite. He's saying he was playing basketball, but he realized that he liked yeah. running because he would have to run home to make curfew so he wouldn't get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. I mean, I actually uh, went to a elementary school that was really close to the elementary school I taught at at the time and uh, our basketball team um, we missed playing them by a year because that year we had a really good basketball team we were one of the better teams in the Catholic board and his team with the teammates that he had played with the previous year were was still one of the better teams in in the public board so we ended up playing them and I mean they had six foot two six four I think they had a six six kid uh kid in grade eight on the team at the time and I mean if you imagine Brandon being on the team as well at six two or whatever he was in grade nine um you know it it was a pretty pretty uh awesome uh team there I think it was at William Davis they were at at the time um here in Windsor and and you know we played them (laughs) and I was like wow um you know this kid could probably have played you know some pretty elite ball if he was one of the better guys on this team with with you know with this type of talent um so yeah i mean you know there's always those interesting stories about switching over and changing sports for sure absolutely so how did you start to get involved in coaching i know you you obviously coached at the u was that one of your first gigs um no actually uh coaching getting into coaching was a little bit of a different um beast for me uh when i competed uh when i was done competing um an injury ended uh my career and i was just starting actually to figure out long jump and at the time i was uh training with uh jamie jette nelson um former uh, commonwealth games champion and osina ragu was also a, a university ch- uh, champion in the long jump um I was living with them, or um, actually, I think we were, we might have been roommates at the same time. In any case, um, I was, I had gotten hurt and uh, tore my knee, and um, and uh, I, I wanted nothing to do with track. Uh, I kind of was done. I didn't want really much anything to do with it at all. Um, and uh, I had uh, um, 
you know, someone in the city here um, uh, who sort of influenced me, Gary Malloy, actually, and, and uh, he was like, oh, you know, you should ever think about coaching. And I was like, yeah, not really my thing. Um, you know, <laughs> didn't really want to be involved with it. I'm like, you know, I don't know. He's like, oh, well, maybe you might want to come and help out a little bit. Um, so I started coaching a little bit at um, at Assumption. I coached one year there, and um, then I kind of started coaching at the Legion. Um, you know, and uh, from there, I, I um, became head coach and general manager with uh, with Gary and um, and Sean uh, McFarland, and um, that's kind of how uh, things got started there. Um, you know, and I ended up uh, being fortunate. I had a bunch of really talented younger kids come through that did really well um, underneath me at the time, and it kind of was enough to keep me going um, in the sport. Um, and yeah, that was that was kind of my start here in, in, in Windsor of coaching. Yeah. Uh, but to say that I, I I wanted to be involved in a coach, um, no, nah, I didn't. Really. <laughs> <laughs> um, not at all. <laughs> That's a cool story, man. It's very cool. And like we talked about before, uh, as they were talking, it's pretty much just probably a few days after the passing of Gary Malloy. I guess it was pretty uh, um, uh, unexpected. So if you have any words to say about him to his family or anything like that, you can uh, take a moment to do that. Yeah, um, Gary is one of the, uh, um, he's kind of one of the pillars, uh, one of the staples of, of, of coaching, I would say, uh, not just in, in the city of Windsor or southwestern Ontario, but I'd probably say in, in, in Canada. Um, you know, we, we in the last maybe two months lost, um, you know, a lot of major um players or key players in, 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 in track and field. Um, you know, you know, obviously one of them was Brett McFarland in, in Kitchener Waterloo. Um, he was a, a major force in coaching. Um, Earl Farrell in the Saugeen area was another major force in, in coaching. Uh, Andy Higgins in, in U of T in Toronto was a, was another major force. And I mean, those guys may be a little bit more on the national scene than Gary. Um, but, uh, Gary was kind of a behind the scenes guy. Um, and he was one of those guys who, um, you know, obviously for years you would know would be, um, here working with and behind Dennis. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure Dennis would have been able to do a lot of the things here in the city, um, had Gary not have been involved or around for a large portion of it. Um, you know, if you kind of look back on the history of track in, in Windsor for the last little while, um, you'll realize that a lot of the, the the athletes have been, you know, positively affected by Gary in, in sort of immense ways. I mean, from uh, the high school rankings, St. Saint, Saint Joe's was a, a major force in, in – uh, in the late 90s, or sorry, in the uh, early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, uh, the Brad Schneiders, the uh, Trevor Schneiders, the Jamie Jette Nelsons, uh, the Chris Marions, the, the, there's so many um, OSA and provincial champions that came out of there um, that were sort of affected by Gary. And I mean, it goes on and on and on to when he moved to Assumption afterwards and was working with the Millettes. Um, you know, and JP Millette was one of those types of athletes who went on to Notre Dame. Um, and then, you know, to the Corey Belmores uh, and, and the Alex Almonds and the Nick Fox and, um, you know, to, to all those uh, distant sort of uh, gurus, um, you know, uh, that, that competed here at the university. Um, but, you know, I think it goes even further than that because there's a lot of coaches in the area here as well that um, Gary would have coached with. He would have had their ear as how to do things or get things done. So, you know, um, I'm not quite sure um, how you can kind of me um, measure the effect or, um, you know, uh, of a Gary Malloy. I'm not sure you quite can, uh, just because there's just been so many people um, in, in the coaching community um, and the education community, because, I mean, he, he taught in our board as well. I mean, um, here in, in the Windsor, Windsor Essex Catholic District Board, and um, it just there's just so many different um, – people that he would have affected or touched. So, um, you know, uh, me personally, uh, when I, when I think about Gary, um, I mean, he's on the front page of my master's thesis. Um, you know, I, I, I bored his car to move into my house, uh, here years ago, spent a lot of time with him getting started here in coaching. And, um, you know, he's one of the people in Windsor that I would always think of, uh, as 
far as you know helping me get my start um so Gary is definitely a a, a staple a, a a pillar um you know um of of this Windsor Essex community so um, um I as a lot of people are in the city are, are, are very sad to see him going in such a sudden way um you know and, and I, I join a lot of them in, in the grieving process for him right now Absolutely. Obviously, I had to take the time to uh, talk about him a little bit. I'm sure he, or I had figured that he had a big influence on your career, at least on the coaching side, for sure. And uh, obviously, that's going to tie into the Boulder City Athletics, I'm sure, too, right? Yeah. um, So, yeah, Gary has had a huge influence in in that aspect. And, um, you know, like I said, I I, kind of think of myself as one of the thousands of of, uh, disciples or apostles of Gary, um, so to speak. Um, you know, there there are a lot of us in this city, and 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 for that uh, point outside of the city. Um, but no, um, you know, as as far as uh, the, the Border City, um, you know, Athletics Club. Yeah, I am. I am the head coach and the general manager of that. Um, getting started, um, we we ran a uh, meet a city county. Um, track and field meet who Gary actually um, <laughs> was involved in um, at the beginning. I started it with a guy, Frank Mazzara, um, who also passed away a few years ago, and uh, Izzy Ozier, who was a coach in the public board for many years. Um, and Gary helped us with those first few meets as well. Um, and that kind of, uh, you know, transitioned on to uh, me starting Border City Athletics Club. I had a, a set mindset on how I wanted to develop athletes, and um, you know, uh, and 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 basically, you know, I thought I had to go about it a, a different way than maybe I had done it or I had been taught it or um, you know I had seen um, sort of coming up. Um, and in in doing that, you know, we have uh, a little bit more of an interdisciplinary uh, method in how we um, set up kids here. We believe a lot in coordination and, and uh, intra and intermuscular coordination type things here um, at, at the Border City Athletics Club. And, um, you know, as a result of that, um, you know, it's allowed us to do uh, some pretty amazing things with the group of athletes that we've been fortunate to, to work with. Um, you know, um, there's, there's, there's so many of them. Yeah, a lot of high-level athletes too, like all these track and field uh, and, and Olympians, but even guys like uh, Jacob Robson, a pro ML, or a baseball player coming in there, right? I'm sure it shows the caliber of training that you guys are putting out. Yeah, yeah, we've been, I mean, I always say we don't make athletes, but we've been fortunate to work with quite a few. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jacob is a great kid, probably one of the hardest working and most diligent kids uh, I've ever seen, um, you know, across all sports. Um, you know, he, he will do whatever it's necessary for, for him to become, maintain, and, and, and stay as, as an elite-level athlete. Um, you know, and you can see that and um, how quickly he's, he's moved up through the, the minor league, um, you know, uh, system there. And, you know, he's already in AAA in, in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, even, you know, obviously uh, Brandon last year um, – uh, transitioning back over to me and, and Kelsey uh, coming home and transitioning. But we, we've been fortunate. We have a lot of kids that are at um, universities in the States. We have a lot of kids that are here at University of Windsor uh, that we work with. Um, and, you know, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's been, uh, you know, an amazing short ride so far. Um, you know, uh, like I said, uh, it's, you know, usually whenever I go away, I try to bring whatever I have back and, and sort of impress it upon the kids that, that we have um, here and hope that, uh, you know, they'll they'll accept that and, and, and keep on moving with it. Absolutely. So not only are you guys training, like obviously these high-level athletes, you got to highlight that, but uh, you're offering uh, training to pretty much anyone, right? So just tell the people what you guys have to offer and uh, if someone wanted to come out and train there, how they can do so. Yeah, um, so... We offer training um, pretty much, you know, almost 12 months of the year. Uh, we take some short breaks uh, after the indoor season and, and a short break uh, after the outdoor season. Um, but for the most part, we train full year. Um, we have um, developmental age athletes from grade three or four, um, you know, so about nine, ten um you know, uh, all the way up to, uh, you know, post 
collegiate uh, professional athletes um, that, that work with us um, and everything between. Um, you know, we mostly focus on speed, power, development, uh, coordination, those types of things. Just recently developing a, a uh, middle distance uh, program. Um, you know, we, we, we focus on sprints, hurdles, jumps, the long sprints and, and uh, the middle distance, um, middle distances. And um, yeah, we, we train four days a week, um, you know, sorry, three days a week indoors during the indoor season. Um, at the University of Windsor, in addition to at Malden Park and Ojibwe Park. Uh, in the indoor season, we're uh, three days a week at the University of Windsor. And uh, in the outdoor season, spring and outdoor season, five days a week for the older kids, four days a week for the younger kids at uh, Sandwich Secondary School in LaSalle. And uh, we do have an all-encompassing program. We, we take athletes from everywhere, not just the elite athletes, but the athletes who love training, um, uh, and as well as, you know, the athletes that are coming to look and cross-train for their other sports. You know, as I mentioned, we, we've done very well with football players, with baseball players, basketball players, um, you know, from, from uh, a number of team sports who've come out and they just want to get a little bit more coordinated and, uh, um you know, and just improve uh, from a physical standpoint. Um, but we do also um, have uh, those programs for those athletes who are looking to, um, you know, obviously make that next leap or jump from, you know, maybe they're from the provincials to the nationals, from the nationals to the, you know, to the international level, you know, as well. Um, we, we do uh, have programs for those athletes as well. Awesome, man. That's great. I mean, I've been seeing you guys on social media a lot and uh, everyone's supporting you. So uh, that's why I was able to find you and, and reach out to you. So thank you for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely appreciative of you having me on. And, uh, you know, like I said, I support what you're doing here. And I think um, I think it's great for us to be able to have a, a, a podcast like this and sort of highlight and show um, what, you know, the, the amazing athletes of this city and, and coaches, yep. um, you know, are, are doing. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think it's great. Yeah, there's a lot going on here, and that's what the whole thing's about. So that's why we uh, wanted to reach out to you guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Love, love being on. Okay, and there we have it, folks. That wraps up our interviews for this week on Wind City Sports. KMD Kurt Michael Downs. You can follow him on Twitter and on Instagram at Kurt Michael D and Corey Belmore, a 2020 Olympic hopeful, the beer mile world record holder from right here in Windsor, Ontario at Corey Belmore on Instagram. Always a cool dynamic to get two interviews on the show and to get a different side of the sport itself, track and field, hearing from a former athlete turned coach and a current athlete who's making his name right now. He's a pretty uh, well-known guy in Canada for what he's done and what he's doing. So congratulations to, to Corey for all his success and Kurt too. Um, no offense, a little bit on the smaller scale, you know, uh, just by Googling his name, but every person in Windsor that I highlight on here has uh, something interesting. And that's why I do these interviews. Um, we have a lot of great interviews coming up uh, in the next few weeks. I have um, some interviews to be done that are going to be with some awesome people. Um, we also have a lot in the bank and I am going to be going away again in June so we'll have everything prepped for then, which is when our 150th episode will be dropping. So uh, lots of exciting stuff to come in the next few months. But right now, we're going to send it over to the third edition of the Combat Corner, formerly known as the Boxing Corner, on its first week. We don't know what we're going to call it yet. I just kind of came up with it. Cedric doesn't care. Cedric Ben with the Combat Corner, week three. Here we go. All right, we're back here for another edition of the Combat Corner, Boxing Corner. I don't know what we're calling it. I don't know if you care, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I I think Combat Corner seems pretty unique. I don't know. I don't think there's any other. Actually, there probably is a million different podcasts out there. But yeah, who knows? Whatever. Whatever. You're you're actually doing a class right now, so probably ties into it too. Um, but we have a few things on the on the agenda. Uh, let's start. We're pretty much going to be educating each other on uh, fights that we've seen this weekend. Tell me about Hunters. Uh, Hunter Lee, um, former three-time national champion, had his uh, match on uh, on Saturday night in Amherstburg um, against Nate Di Pasquale, very tough competitor from the Fighting Island Boxing Club. Um, 
it was a close fight, Hunter uh, Hunter won. I believe I didn't say if it was split or unanimous, but um, yeah, it was good. You know, Nate, uh, he's improved since the last time that, that we've seen him. Um, Hunter just showed just a little bit more experience, uh, landed a little bit more cleaner punches, and uh, I thought one uh, one clearly. Um, so yeah, he's back in uh, back on track. This is actually the beginning of the year um, um, for boxing, amateur boxing specifically. Um, you know, most people count January first as, as the beginning of the year, but for for amateur boxing, we we consider uh, the nationals as like you know the, the the grand finale end of the year, and then uh, we get a week off, so give them like a week or two weeks off, and then uh, when they come back, that's uh, that's our beginning of the year. So he started off the year, you know, with uh, with the win. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. It's kind of like a, a, a turning point, you know, and kind of start fresh to to get back to nationals next year, right? Exactly, because the, the tough thing about uh, not just amateur, but boxing in general, or not just you know combat sports in general, MMA too. There's no season. It's not like basketball or, or hockey or other sports where you got a specific start date and end date. Um, you know, depending on you know, if you make the playoffs, you know exactly when your playoffs are going to start and when they're going to when they're going to be done, and exactly how much time you have off. Um, but you know, in boxing and MMA, you can get a call at any time. Just like uh, just like our boy Kyle Prepper, like that was you know, he didn't he didn't know he was going to get that UFC call. He just stays in the gym, stays ready, stays training all the time. He got that phone call and uh, and, uh, and he was ready. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Yeah. So it's actually kind of funny how he, uh, how they got him on. It was all like through social media, just like, yeah. I guess like like you know, obviously uh, that Nordine guy. I can't like I can't even pronounce the guy that he was supposed to fight's name. It's like two pages long, but like that guy dropped out, so people were going on Twitter and stuff, and was like, hey, I can fight. Uh, I know this guy can fight. Whatever. So that's how he got on. And uh, that's what I oh, meant. Wow. Yeah, I know. I thought like for sure like they called him, kind of out of the blue, you know, and was like, "Hey, we know who you are offering a contract." But that's not how it went down. But um, like at the beginning here, I said we're educating each other on fights that we watch. I didn't see Hunters, and you didn't see Kyle's, but I seen Kyle's, and obviously you seen Hunters. So uh, just like uh, you said before, um, we started recording. Everyone says the same thing. He fought hard and well, man, and against a guy that was technically a weight class above him so obviously much bigger than him uh very skilled guy very experienced and uh he took he took some he took some very heavy hits but went the distance with the guy and you know kind of just carried out his game plan so like i can't say anything bad about it you know yeah that's uh, that's that's exactly what i heard too he fought very well um uh but it was just you know it's pretty obvious that he was competing against a against a bigger guy and so that was just the main difference but you know his stand-up was very good uh they just said it was just the difference with just the, the weight class. But, uh, you know, I'm sure he's going to get back to the gym. He's back to the gym already, training hard, and uh, back to his his, uh, his proper weight class, which is 155. I'm sure he's going to come back stronger. Yeah, and I mentioned it here and uh, to people many times, but he, I don't know if you know he signed a four-fight contract, and so he's certainly going to be back in the UFC. Yeah, man, that's awesome, man. He deserved it, man. Like I said, I've been seeing him work hard for a couple of years now. So he finally got his shot. That's what I was talking about, about, about always being ready. Because, you know, he didn't know he was going to get that yep. call. He was just, you know, you, unless you actually have your contract already and know when you're fighting. Like, if you're just, you know, someone on the come up, you just have to be ready at all times. That's boxing and MMA. Yeah. Right? You got to be ready at all times. Because so. we, we have another card here next month. And he was saying that, like, he wasn't actually booked for it. I thought he was. But he was just staying sharp to, you know, just in case they wanted to book him for that. And then the call yeah. for UFC came. So again, just like you're saying, he was just like, I asked him, like, well, what did you do once you, you know, were official? And he said, like, he didn't actually have like any training regiment that he went into. He was just staying on top of his game, what he was always doing. Yeah, um, yeah just staying sharp, just yeah. staying sharp. Yeah, and it certainly helped. I, I kind of compare it to the fight that we last seen him fight, uh, Central Combat there, or uh, Central okay. Athletics. But it wasn't like yeah. like like Kyle was putting it on on that Cody Fister guy here in Windsor, and yeah. uh, obviously it wasn't like that against Nordine. But it was like it was just stand up the whole time, you know. It was almost like a kickboxing fight because uh, that Nordine guy threw some some heavy leg kicks and a lot of kicks actually. Okay. 
Yeah, so you probably wouldn't like that, but. No, so uh, he doesn't know. We do have another MMA event coming up on the 15th of June in Windsor. So uh, obviously we'll be talking about that as it comes up. And I'm supposed to be hearing from them. It's it's called Prospect MMA. Um, okay. And we'll probably see Kyle probably maybe this year, if not early next year, again in the UFC. Nice, nice, nice. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So that's pretty much all we got for this week. Yeah, that's all I got too, man. Uh, we'll keep uh, keep you guys updated. Um, any shows coming up? We got that anime show in a couple of weeks. Uh, as far as boxing wise, uh, we have a couple of shows over over in Michigan that we'll be going to. Next tournament is probably the Bronze Glove tournament, which is uh, in in mid June, so a couple of weeks away from there. But yeah, we'll keep you guys updated. That's what it's all about. All right, thanks, Ed. Okay, and that is this week's edition of the Boxing Corner with Cedric Ben. Coach Cedric Ben, you can follow on Twitter and Instagram at Cedric Sports and follow on Facebook on Cedric Training Sports. But now we're going to take a few minutes to talk about some local sports news, upcoming events, and things that we missed over the last week, starting with our Windsor Clippers Junior B lacrosse team who won two out of three games last week and are most recently coming off a loss to Guelph as they fell to the Regals 10-7 on Sunday. They won some big big games prior to that, though, with a 17-4 win over Point Edward, Edward Jesus on Thursday and a 18-10 win over St. Catharines on Saturday. Next up, the Clippers are in Niagara taking on the Thunderhawks on Saturday. Next Thursday, they take on London on the road, and their next home game isn't until next Saturday as they welcome Hamilton to Forest Glade Arena. The Windsor TFC semi-pro soccer team has announced their schedule for the 2019 season and will kick things off at home tomorrow night. All of their games will be played at Alumni Field um, at the university this year. They have eight home games this season. The first one tomorrow, as mentioned, Friday the 10th, as they welcome Alliance FC to Alumni Field at 8 p.m. The Windsor Rogues Rugby Club held their annual Rose City International Tournament on the weekend. No results from it online, though. So uh, if you want to see some rugby action in Windsor, their first home game is June 1st as they welcome the Wilmot Warthogs at AKO Park. More information, you can visit windsorrugby.com. But that is all this week on Wind City Sports. My name is Drake Demore, and we're here every Thursday with a brand new episode of the Wind City Sports Podcast. Wherever podcasts are found and wherever you found it, wherever you're listening to it right now, on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are found. Uh, we also have a Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram account, so give us a like, follow, subscribe, whatever it may be, or simply search up at WinCity underscore sports. You can hear the Win City Sports radio show on Thursdays at 12.30 p.m. on CJAM 99.1 FM in Windsor and Detroit, and replays are now on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. You can easily find the latest episode of Wind City Sports and all of our recent episodes, actually all of our episodes, on windcitysports.com and on the brand new Border City Podcast Network, a collection of Windsor's best podcasts at bordercitynetwork.com. You can also follow me on Facebook. Eh, not Facebook. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at Drake Demore for whatever reason that might interest you. Uh, but we all need some new followers. So until next week, we'll be back here with a brand new podcast and a brand new radio show on CJAM. So we'll see you then. Smell you later.